0: It has been a sad several days um, for my friends in America, my fellow Americans. Um, there has been a another shooting, so. I think it's something like between a week and two weeks ago, there was a shooting in Buffalo, New York, I believe, where apparently, allegedly, a racist man went into a store and killed five black people. Uh, Sorry, ten black people. This was in, uh, where was it? Um, Buffalo, New York. Yeah. Sad, horrible thing. Very sad deplorable. Nothing good to say about it, obviously. Uh, Of course, if you're American, this kind of stuff is kind of par for the course. I mean, this is what we do. This is what we do. Um, We make guns readily available for some uh, hypothetical situation that has never happened in the history uh, of America. Uh, and because it could hypothetically happen at one time or another, the NRA, National Rifle Association of America, wants guns to be as readily available as possible. They want no restrictions on gun buying and the types of guns that we can have. It's not that they haven't conceded here and there, right? They they have made concessions, obviously. Um... To try to, you know, I would say to try to keep their uh, reputation from being completely tarnished. They, they have made some concessions, but I don't think they want to. I think they would rather uh, guns be readily bought and sold by anybody, anytime, anywhere, and any type of gun. Uh, and so America, you know, being a constitutional Republic um, has by and large stood by this idea that, that we are a gun owning nation, that the general population is allowed to own guns. And, and I think the NRA, NRA has made concessions to the within reason thing. For example, there's an age limit. And if you are a violent offender, right, convicted felon, for example, I think it's very difficult and unlikely that you'll be able to pr- procure guns. If you uh, are a known um, person who suffers from certain mental uh, disorders, um, I suppose might be difficult for you to get a gun, and there may be a few restrictions here and there. But by and large, you know you can walk into a, a Walmart and walk out with a shotgun. I don't know, I haven't lived in America for a long time, so uh, I can't tell you exactly how hard it would be to uh, get a handgun and stuff like that. It may be a little bit more difficult, but still, by and large, if you want to have a gun in the States, you're going to get one, right, uh, whether legally or illegally, and that is because, and I'm somebody needs to verify this uh, stat for me because I don't know it's true, and I don't want to say it's true if it's not, but... Somebody posted a stat that said, America is 5% of the population of the world, but owns 50% of its guns. 5% of the population of the world, but 50% of all guns are owned by Americans. That's a, that's a staggering stat, if that's true. right? That's just staggering. No other word for it. Um... My guess would be that the average gun-owning American has more guns than soldiers have who go into war. My guess is that a soldier only has maybe two, maybe a sidearm and a rifle of some kind. Um, That would be my guess. Um, So in general, I think it's, it's very safe to say that if you are a gun owner, you are uh, better equipped than the American soldier who goes into war. At least with number of firearms. Maybe not with quality or power, but uh, I still say that, yeah, I, I think almost anything, you can, you can get almost anything you want in the States. So, yesterday, this brings us to yesterday. Now, mind you, there, there are there have been scores and scores of shootings that are happening, right? This isn't something that's new. Um, but this one's really sad. Yesterday in, in Uvalde, Texas, which is a, a small town of about 15,000, it's 90 miles west of San Antonio, right? Looks like, to me, right smack between the San Antonio and the Mexican border. I um, have friend's in San Antonio. It's a nice town. I've been there a local high schooler I believe his last name was Ramos I believe I could be wrong about that I've only just read about all this this morning he uh, took some guns apparently at least one maybe two and he went into the local elementary school this elementary school apparently has only 2nd, 3rd and 4th graders um, and he opened fire and we don't have the details about races and things like that but my guess is it wasn't a racially racially, racially motivated shooting but I don't know because uh, it's, a, it's a by and large it's a Hispanic town he goes in and he takes 14 young lives and the life of a teacher. And then the police show up and they take his life as well. So all in all, 16 souls lost to gun violence. Uh, 15 of them where they're supposed to be doing what they're supposed to be doing. Again, we have no details about the motivation or anything like that. It's just sad. I mean second, third, and fourth graders, I teach I teach these this age of kids. Right? Just about every day I teach I teach elementary school kids. Yeah, actually. And To take such, to take lives at that stage and the sheer terror the kids must have felt. Because it's not like you can take all the lives in one shot, it's not like a bomb going off. They had to be killed one by one. And some of the people who were killed witnessed others be killed and knew that their time was coming. I mean, imagine, you know, you're there and and the thing you care about most in the world is, is, uh, you know, what's, what's going to be on the dessert tray at lunch, uh, and whether or not your mom's going to let you get those new sneakers you've been wanting that all the cool kids have and, and, uh, you know, how soon summer vacation's going to come and, and, uh. How much fun you're going to have at the pool with with your best friend, and the, the, you know you're going to ride bikes all summer and go to the pool and and uh, maybe go see grandma in the summer, and you're you're thinking about all the things that are coming up in the summer vacation, which is just around the corner. Uh, you're learning your multipli- your multipli- multiplication tables. I can't even say multiplic- multiplication this morning. learning to, to read longer and longer words, maybe you're just learning English, maybe you've spoken Spanish most of your life, and, and now you're learning English, and I'm sorry, I'm shaking my protein, my protein latte here. crazy. It's just crazy that your your life can be taken from you in the blink of an eye. Now, I'm not worried about the eternal souls of anybody who was killed. I think God works that out uh, on His time and in His way. Uh, and, and that He's going to make all things beautiful. I'm not worried about that. I am worried about how violence and this insistence that violence is a legitimate way to solve problems that we teach our kids, right? This is, this is what we teach our kids when they see their president send soldiers off to war, when they see the bodies of the fallen heroes come back, uh, when police have their, their hand on their gun every time they pull somebody over at a traffic stop um, when they see their their brothers or, or fathers in fist fights solving problems by violence, when they see uh, parents beat kids, um, this is what we teach our kids right that violence is a legitimate way to solve your problems. If you have a problem, one of the ways you can solve it, and it's a perfectly fine way is violence. This is how your country solves its problems. This is how your police force solves its problems. This is how your you know, all the all the alpha males in your family solve their problems. We are teaching our kids that violence is okay. And so I don't know anything about this high school kid, but he was having problems. I do know this. He was having problems. No no matter what the problems were I cannot say hopefully we'll know more but it really is immaterial because what this kid believed is that his problems could somehow be solved by violence or that his pain could be somewhat lessened by violence Whatever struggle he was having, whatever pain he was in, he believed that violence was a viable solution. We don't teach enough. conflict revolution, uh, res- resolution. No. We need a conflict re- revolution. We don't teach our kids to resolve conflicts well. Because we're not good at it. And whatever we teach them is sort of immaterial. Because if our, uh, if our example is that we tend to use violence to solve our problems violence, and I will add, or the threat of violence. I think they're the same thing. Violence or the threat of violence. If that's what we use to solve our problems, whether it's the country, uh, whether, you know, it's, like I said before, the police force, uh, whether it's people in your family, individuals, um, that's what's going to teach. What you do teaches. What you say might influence a bit, but what you actually do is what people are going to learn, especially young people. We have to decide as a people, as, the, as a human race, we have to decide that we are no longer going to solve our problems with violence. Why is that so hard? I mean, if you think about it, it's it's so infantile. Maybe infantile is the wrong word. It's it's immature to solve your problems with violence. That's what the immature do. The immature solve their problems with violence. And I will add, I'm going to add a little uh caveat. I actually think that sometimes non—what's the word? Non-fatal, non-lethal, non-lethal, quote-unquote violence may be necessary. You know, you may want to wrap somebody up. You may want to grab somebody. You may want to stand in the gap. Uh, you may want to get in the way of violence. You may want to take take the the impact yourself instead of letting somebody else. I think that's... you You could call it sort of violence, but I think it's a different thing. Uh, I don't think it's the same thing. Um, I think it's it's protecting. It's it's peacemaking. And I don't mean... you know, I don't mean with guns. I don't think guns should ever be the, the way to do it. Um, because it's gonna get harder before it gets better let's let's say like Australia we decide to do away with firearms altogether sorry they're gone take them all out get rid of them we're gonna round them all up uh, they are now illegal and we're gonna destroy them now even if we make the decision to do that we still have been programming people for generations that violence is the way to solve problems, so it's not like there's not going to be some consequences for that. We are suffering the consequences now, and the consequences don't automatically go away, even if we figure out where we've been going wrong. It's kind of in our DNA. It's kind of uh, part of the way we, we react, right? It's a it's a it's a programmed response muscle memory and all of that, you know, if somebody pushes you, your hand may fly up and catch somebody in the jaw, it's just, you're, there's, there's going to be some residual consequences, but, but the consequences of not going that direction, of not admitting how wrong we were about all of that, the consequences of not taking guns out of people's hands much worse we're going to continue to perpetuate violence uh, and America will eventually just kill itself that's what's going to happen It's exactly what's going to happen that's what started to happen in the Civil War uh thank God we made it through that but we didn't learn anything obviously, not much anyway. Well I should I shouldn't say that I I'm kind of reacting to this news. I'm emotional about it. it's it's just a horrible thing to think about. In my mind, I actually believe that we have made strides that that humans by and large, uh, tolerate violence less than we did say 150 years ago at you know, the Civil War time in general I think we have lost our stomach for violence A part of it is because we keep death so far away now Right? people don't really see death around them uh, we, we throw people in hospitals before they die they die and then they are kind of sanitarily dealt with uh, we don't see dead bodies lying around so much uh, we don't see public executions for example there's when it, there was a time when if somebody was condemned to die the public would show up to watch it right it was a it was an event and it was also a an act of terrorism by by the monarch to you know let people know hey this is how this is what's going to happen to you if you step out of line, right? Um, It was a a fear tactic. Um, But we've lost our stomach for that. We don't want to see that stuff, right? By and large, uh, we, we don't, I think we, we believe less in violence today than we once did. We still have so far to go and there are countries, that are way be behind the curve and and the, the USA is still in the stone age as far as violence goes. Uh, you can see this with you know, what police do and how they act um, and how they react uh, and, and just our general warmongering. Because America by and large still believes Violence is a legitimate way to deal with conflict, and America does not believe in Jesus. America does not follow Christ. Not as a country. Not as a country. Christ says, love your enemies. America says, shoot your enemies. be any different. Christ says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. And America says, kill them. Right? Kill the ignorant. Just go ahead. They're our enemy. We want to kill them. We're going to bomb them. We're going to use drones we'll do it in person, we'll do it from far away, we're just going to do it, right? Um, If we kill them, if we kill enough people, maybe they'll stop killing us. And it's just this belief that violence solves problems. And, you know, in the short term, sure, you know, they were able to kill this guy, this shooter in Uvalde, Texas. They were able to kill him, and perhaps he didn't kill more people. Perhaps. That's a short-term fix, right? Uh, They took his life so that he didn't kill 17, or 16, or 17, or 18 people, right? They saved lives because they killed him. In the short term, yeah, they got him, right? And I suppose the person that killed him is going to be hailed a hero, you know, the one who got him. But now what happens? Kids see this this cop who's hailed a hero, and they want to be heroes, right? They want to be praised by everybody else. I want to be like that guy. And what, unwittingly what they're doing is buying into the fact that violence is a legitimate way to solve problems, all the while ignoring that the score is 15 to 1. 15 innocent people had to die for one guilty person to die. The system doesn't work. It just doesn't. Now, I think in years past, there were probably ways that people tried to alleviate that discrepancy, right? Okay, we're going to kill you and your whole family and all your animals. And this is, you know, it's in the Bible, right? We're going to wipe out all your kids and your wife and your animals and your property. Maybe that was a way to kind of, you know, somehow tip, you know, balance the scales of justice or whatever. But there's no justice in this. One person died, but he killed 15 people and wounded way more. And maybe some of those wounded are still going to die. We don't know. Right? There's going to be a lot of wounded as well. There were, I think, three or four hundred kids at this school, so you know, he, he maybe took out five percent, murdered five percent, but I'm sure a lot more were wounded. He went during lunchtime, maybe they were all in the cafeteria, I don't know. You know, I was at school, I was a high schooler when a disgruntled employee came into uh, a building adjacent to my school. So my school was, uh, my high school, it was the only high school in in the town. I lived in a small town very similar to Uvalde, similar size. Um, And... The superintendent of the school district was in a building adjacent and a disgruntled employee came in and killed the superintendent right there I was in school the sirens go off the police show up it was a scary thing like it was, it was kind of freaky but I was a high schooler you know I, I kind of had a little more experience than a second or third but still, it was horrible. It's something I'll never forget. You know, the day the superintendent was shot. Now, we didn't see anything. We didn't see the blood. We didn't hear the shots. It was, you know, but you know, word got out quickly what happened. But that principal. Okay, so it was a principal, I believe, who shot uh, the superintendent that principal believed that violence was the way to solve his problem. And he was an educator. Most likely he had been a teacher. He, he taught kids. I believe he was a high school teacher. And so, you know, at that time, we still had spankings at school. We still had principals who would get out the paddle and spank kids, right, it was still a. It was still part of what they do. Not today. We don't do that anymore. That's an advancement. How are we doing on time? We're kind of slow today. A little bit late. Oh, it's horrible. Sorry, I'm drinking this um, protein drink that my wife made. Thank you, babe. Glad for that. But it's made with water, so it's watery and then I poured a couple of shots of espresso in it just to combine my drinks so I could get going and man, this, is, this is nasty. I don't know if it's the espresso or the the uh, protein. I don't know. Anyway, it's kind of bitter. You know, my wife asked me and she's Japanese and of course in Japan we don't have a gun violence problem. Once in a while, I don't know, every 10 years, a gun will show up and somebody might get shot. But it's just not a thing here, right? Uh, Now, there have been a few mass stabbings, uh, but they're just not as efficient as a mass shooting. You're know, you just not going to accomplish as much with a knife as you would a gun. This is absolutely true. Nobody can, you know... Now, you might say, well, a knife doesn't have to be reloaded. Fair enough. Uh, but the power of a knife comes from you. and You can you can get tired and you can wear out. And you're not going to get reloaded as fast as a gun. Um, anyway, it's probably a weird argument. I have to think about that. But I was going to talk about something completely different today. I wanted to talk about uh, ethos, pathos, and logos. Um. Maybe I'll come back to that another time. But today, you know, if I was, I had to think about it, today I'm using more pathos, right? Uh, I'm trying to convince you uh, that violence is not worthy by talking about children whose lives have been taken appealing to you, to your emotions, right? Uh, That's one way that we uh, try to um, convince people, right? So ethos, pathos, and logos are are three different ways that I believe Aristotle um, talked about. Three ways that we try to convince people. Ethos being by our credentials, right? Uh, by by who we are, by our authority. I've done this. I've been here. I've lived this long. I have this much experience. Therefore, what I say, you can trust. Right. And then pathos is um, uh, ethos. Another word for ethos is character, right? By the character of the speaker. Pathos is is about uh, feeling, trying to get you to, to feel a certain way. It's, it's to manipulate you into agreeing with me uh, by pulling your heartstrings Right, that's pathos. Other ways that we try to uh, influence people to agree with us, uh, and then logos is the argument itself. Right, it's it's arguing. It's it's uh, has to do with logic and, and trying to um, try trying to convince you by by statistics and numbers and facts. And I used a little bit of logos too when I talked about you know the five percent, fifty percent thing. Um, but they're always they're, they're always that people use probably quite naturally they use them uh, to convince you to agree with them right to, to convince you of the validity of their argument And none of them need to be true right uh, you can you can lie about your character, about your credentials, about your authority uh, you can uh, you can, manipulate people's feelings uh, and exaggerate uh, circumstances. Uh, and, and you can also be quite wrong in your logic. Your logic can be faulty, but you can still convince people that what you're saying is logical. Uh, so ethos, pathos, and logos can be used well, but they can be used poorly, too. They can be very manipulative uh, in a bad way there are things that people need to be convinced of and so to manipulate you to believe something that's true I don't think would be considered malevolent Um, but yeah anyway well maybe I don't have to do that now (laughs) it is good to verbalize that to remember it ethos pathos and logos so yeah, sad thing. I, my heart goes out to the parents and the teachers and the, the friends of all those people who were killed. And, uh, the family, the brothers and sisters uh, who are going to have one less person in their house tonight. And, oh, it's just sad. They've, they've had, I'm sure, a full 24 hours to um, process what happened to them. Something has to be done, guys, and we're going that direction, right? The world generally is going that direction, but somehow America is just, like I said before, behind the curve. We're just, we're just doubling down. We're holding on. Not everybody, but I will say in general that Democrats say they hate guns, but they do nothing about it. Uh, Republicans say they abortion, but until recently have done nothing about it. Uh, these, these issues are what keep votes coming in, and that's what the politicians care most about. They're, they care less about the politics and more about getting your vote, more about staying in office, uh, more about staying in power, right? And so they'll do anything. They'll use any anything and bend anything to get you to vote the way they want to. The way of Jesus is just more simple. It's simpler. It's more beautiful. It's more elegant. It's more. Uh, it's better in every way. Love your neighbor, as yourself. Love your enemy. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Um. Yeah love. We just need to love each other. and Guns are not required for love. They're not a a love requirement unless you're talking about love of guns. And I think that's what we're dealing with in the States. We are addicted. Addicted to guns. It's like the old Huey Neuys song. Might as well face it, you're addicted to guns. Uh, that might be my title today. It's an addiction. We get addicted to all kinds of uh, things, right? All kinds of things that go in our hands, that, that have clicks and beeps and whistles and gadgets, right? We're, we're addicted. We're materialistic. And guns are cool, right? especially to men. I think they appeal to men by and large. Um, it's not that there aren't some girls that like guns, but I've never met a girl that likes gadgets like guys like gadgets. It's a different kind of a thing, right? Women are way more utilitarian about the gadgets and men are almost fascinated fascinated by the gadget itself, enchanted, right? About how they fit together and the shininess and the hardness and the coldness and the All those things that that go with gadgets. Uh, I think if women designed most gadgets, they'd, they'd be completely different. Different shapes, different colors. Everything would be different about them. Yeah, might as well face it. We're addicted to guns. That's a good place to stop. I I, I hope that you will um, be in prayer for um, these people. I know there aren't any of you that don't hurt for them. Um, but if you if you are one of the holdouts, if you if you are one of the one of the ones who still believe in your heart of hearts that violence is a legitimate way. Uh, to solve problems, if, if you uh, are still, um, you know, hugging your guns before you go to bed at night, um, just think about what I said, and think about, you know, the fact that violence begets begets violence. That's something I haven't mentioned today is that Jesus, you know, said he who lives by the sword dies by the sword, right? That violence is a self-perpetuating, vicious cycle. Yeah, so somebody has to stand in the gap and say no more, no more, no more. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye-bye.